Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 2024 Santa Fe, available early 2024. The Volume. Jenkins and Jones is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Welcome to Jenkins and Jones on the Volume Podcast Network. It is Monday, April 12th. As always, Jenkins and Jones is hosted by my good friends, Dragonfly Jones, a.k.a. Tyler. Hey, everybody. How's it going? LeJethro Jenkins, a.k.a. John. Hey, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> Switch it up. Party Switch it up. AKA I'm going to with the next swing. Out there. Hey, I like hey, that hey, shit. We've got, a, uh, we've got a packed show today. We've got uh, from Last Chance U fame, ELAC men's basketball coach John Mosley is our interview. Really, uh, I would say kind of an inspiring interview, guys. Yeah. Coach Mosley's the man. He's I'm, yeah. bro, like, I'm, I'm, I was, he's so was interesting. And you're right, right. He's, he, I mean, he's, he had a lot of information to give us, too, so it's really cool. Definitely stick around and check that out. Uh, but first up, stick around. <laughs> we're recording the day after the Lakers. Uh, <laughs> You're such a fucking asshole. Yeah, we're really stick around and check that out. <laughs> we're recording the day after uh, the biggest Lakers win of the season, uh, a result that I didn't see coming, but the Lakers, uh, even without everyone that, you know, you are waiting to get back in, in LeBron James and Anthony Davis and uh, 
Jared Dudley. Uh, they still really took it to the Nets uh, in pretty impressive fashion. What, what did you guys think? I feel like this is Tyler saw this game coming like four months ago. I am ready to go all the way in on my confirmation bias and overreact like a motherfucker off this win. But I will not. But, you know, these are the things that I've been saying about the Nets is that, um, you know, everyone's kind of, you know, chalking their ticket to that O'Brien already. And I'm like, eh, I don't know, man. The, the Nets look very beatable to me. Um, they let this team with no AD, no Braun, Schroeder, who got ejected for, for a whole half, um, you know, no coups. They let them put up 126. They let Andre Drummond get 21 and 10 in 22 minutes. They're soft down low. They can't defend. And when, you know, the playoffs come around and the game slows down and it's a half court game, like the, the Nets are very, very beatable. And I'll just leave it at that because like I said, I am not scared of them the way everyone else is. They got beat by 20 by a Lakers team that was running the offense through THT. Like, let's talk about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, what, Nicholas Claxton is not going to solve that issue. I know everybody loves him. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, he's, he'll, he'll be <laughs> solid, but he's not going to save you against AD and Bron, you know, mm-hmm. lowering the head. And, you know, come on, bulldoze. No, it's not, it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? So, I mean, they got some good pickups, and I ain't going to lie. I was super nervous. But, I mean, really think about this. You know what I'm saying? Like, in a, in, how has L.A. been in, 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 in the playoffs? How has Blake been in the playoffs? You know what I mean? And also, like, they're not great post defenders. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, L.A. has been a notoriously bad post defender his entire career. You know what I mean? That motherfucker's going to be fooled with an alien, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, A.D. <laughs> No, I mean, bro. how can I see, look past that? You know what bro, I mean? And, bro, bro, did you see? Did you see the play when Andre Drummond bodied Lamarcus for a bucket and the and one and did the 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 little guy shit? And do <laughs> you know Lam- Lam- Yeah, and do you know Lamarcus Aldridge is one inch taller than Andre Drummond? No, but, 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 <laughs> right, right, but he's the little guy, bro. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's, he's, he's emotionally he's too short. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right. You know, it's, I, I mean, they're good. They're good and 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 they're fun to watch, but. I mean, I mean, we're talking about the Lakers. Like, they got to go against Giannis. You know what I mean? I, I, w- I was going to say, you just said, what's he going to do against AD? Embiid. What's he going to do against Embiid and Giannis before they yeah. even get to the finals? Embiid is about to eat them. You know what I mean? This is Godzilla for real, bro. <laughs> you play the game. You going to put his foot in their motherfucking chest. <laughs> right. <laughs> like Godzilla did car right. Godzilla. You know what I'm saying? Mega Godzilla. He finna yeah. dog your ass out down there, bro. So I, I don't I, know. We've talked a lot about how overrun the like take economy is and all this other shit on Twitter, especially around the NBA. But I have to say there is nothing in the world like that moment when you see a whole fandom go from, oh, we're about to fucking dog y'all to the Lakers are playing uh-huh. this like it's game seven. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that moment, there's like a taste in the Beautiful. air that if you could bottle that shit, I would, I, don't, I might be able to beat Godzilla, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful and it, and, it, and it's like everyone on the fan base of the team that's you know busting ass everyone's getting jokes off like everyone has their moment to shine like you will see a fucking twenty thousand retweeted tweet from a, an account with 328 followers right <laughs> like everybody fucking gets their jokes in during that moment and it's beautiful and that joke will be a heater too <laughs> that twenty thousand, bro yeah, that joke that, that joke will be delicious you feel me 
I, I do think it, it did. Uh, the game also did expose. I mean, Tyler's been talking about it with the defense. You know, he's made the point like no team has ever even gotten to the finals with the defensive rating as bad as the Nets defensive rating has been. Um, but they kind of figured it out a little bit. They didn't seem as bad over the last. But there's specific weaknesses. Right. Yep. In the post that are going to be tested very heavily in the Eastern Conference playoffs. And yeah. We said, I mean, they're going to be fun as hell to watch in the playoffs because they're going to find out, can we just score 140 a game and get through it, even if yeah. we're giving up 130 a game? But they might yeah. give up 130 a game to the Sixers, bro. I mean, they're not the Blazers bad. You know, they, I mean, we, you know, they were initially, you know what I mean? But also, did you, our defense is just so fucking elite. You know what I mean? We have an elite defense, dog. I mean... And the playoffs, that I mean, that's that's extremely important. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, and Lakers have a lot of young guys with young legs committed to defense. You don't usually see that, man. I think it's something that's been very impressive um, through last year and this season about the job Frank Vogel has done is being egoless about everything. We'll mm -hmm. give all the credit to LeBron James. We'll give all the credit to Rob Palenka, whatever. I'm just here to make sure that Ben La Ben Ben McLemore is really keyed into playing defense. Like, right. you know, and, and if you, if you looked at those playoff series um, it's rare that you get this, especially in the NBA, but you saw every game, the Lakers defense got better mm -hmm. and the team they were playing got more pissed off about it. So mm -hmm. I think that's the other thing is you get to the playoffs, whoever they're playing, you're getting that seven games in a row against them. So if they're healthy, it's very, very exciting. If you're a Nets fan, I, I don't know that I would love this quote from LaMarcus Aldridge. I started out kind of passive tonight, and I think that was contagious for everyone else. I totally agree with him. I mean, and I, I think, like, that has to, especially in the playoffs, it becomes a problem. Like, LaMarcus Aldridge inspired the whole rest of the team in terms well, of <laughs> why terms is he of how the they person played? that, like, you know, that sets the tone, right? That's <laughs> right. Like, but, but don't you agree like, with really? this statement? Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, but it's, it's, it's odd that that matters. You know what I'm saying? When you have fucking Kevin Durant and Kyrie, you know what I mean? Like, are you kidding me? Like, come on, man. All right. The other subplot from the game, I'm going to, I'm going to mind this segment. I'm going to intro this segment. And I'm going to roll away from the microphone. Throw <laughs> 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 some ninja dust and just disappear. Like, don't smoke bomb out this motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, Kyrie Irving, Dennis Schroeder, uh, got, so here's what we saw on TV. They're jawing each other. They get into it. They both end up getting tossed from the game. Okay. Those are both dudes that I believe that could happen about, um, today the NBA Twitter lip readers got involved and they showed that Dennis Schroeder dropped an end bomb on <laughs> Kyrie Irving and Kyrie Irving said, don't call me that. And they went back and forth and that's kind of what led to them getting ejected. So um if i'm rolling away from i'm rolling away from the microphone Tyler, I, got a, I got a question i gotta ask you what's up if a man is mad that you if, you, if you're schroeder mm. and you know what i'm saying and and you called somebody a nigga and a nigga is mad that you said it like how like how confused are you in that moment um I wouldn't be too confused because Kyrie is definitely uh don't call me a nigga type of thing, right? I mean, you know I, what I mean? Really? Really? I, I yeah, never absolutely. saw absolutely. that. 
Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Kyrie, come on. Third, Kyrie's third eye. Like, he has definitely taken a, a journey of enlightenment. And I feel like the, the don't call me a nigga, you know, chapter is the chapter that he's on right now, which is like, a, you know, a natural progression in this, which is why I was like, I'm not surprised here. But what I, you, you know, like I say, you, you know, I come across black people all the time who don't like to be called nigga. And I but they're like 70, bro. <laughs> you yeah. know, we don't, we don't know 28 year olds. Like, don't call me that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I came, I, I came across a few in college, right? And but I went to a black college, so you know, a lot of black kids were there. You know, wait, awakening. Wait, 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 okay, okay, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You came across college students that were like, "Don't call me nigga." Yeah, I, I went to a black college, bro. I, I knew I like mean, fucking two hundred, three. I read with like two hundred, fucking two hundred fifty black people in my circle. Like, <laughs> like I, I, I would come across a, a black person who would be like. I don't say nigga, please don't address me as such. And I would respect that. Wow. I, I, I don't, you tweeted this and you said, that's a hard one. That's a hard request. It is. Because like, bro, so like we said before, like doorknobs are niggas, weights are niggas. You know what I mean? The squirrel that, you know, jumps in front of the, get, get your nigga ass the fuck up out <laughs> my nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? So like everything is that to me. Mm -hmm. That's a difficult thing. Here's the thing, like I like I said, I respect Kyrie's wishes to not be called a nigga, but I feel like Kyrie, Kyrie's what 28, right? He's 28, 29, 20, I think something 20, like that. Yeah. Like, the nigga that Schroeder hit him with, that shit was from a place of concern, <laughs> right? Like, and he meant Kyrie had to know that. That it wasn't, wasn't inquisitive. It was like yeah. it, 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 had a, it had a, it was an interrogative. Yeah. It had, Look, a, it had yeah. a question mark on listen, the end of it. Listen, it's all niggas are not created the same. You know, Schroeder <laughs> didn't call him a bitch, nigga. Right. Schroeder hit him with the goddamn nigga. A goddamn nigga is is from a place of concern. It's like, bro, you, you know okay? Yeah, Link, <laughs> if you alright, that's like, what he hit him with. Yeah, and Kyrie knows that, man. He knows that 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 nigga came from a place of concern, but he was just looking for something to get upset about. I feel like it. Look at Kyrie's Twitter name. Let me see. I, this is, this is, I don't think that dude understands oh, the difference. <laughs> like, that, you see this? Do you, uh, you see this? A11, yeah. Uh, what, like that, that guy might not, you know, be able to decipher the different, you know, types of niggas out here. You feel me? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I just, for me, it's just so wild. It's, 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 I, I, I can't understand it. I get if you're like, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're, you know, great, if your great grandmother was, a, or your grandmother was, a, you know, maybe a slave, you that type of old, you know what I mean? Or you were around in the sixties and shit like that, you know, marching and shit. I, hey, bro, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, you know, I don't, I'm not calling my grandmother one. You know, I'm not calling my, my, my aunt's one. You feel mm -hmm. me? But we all came up around the same time. Like, no, you know what I'm saying? You never came across a, a don't call me that. Of my person. age, bro? Yeah, oh, no, I, and I'll be around all, you know, I'm, I'm niggas. In St. Yeah. Louis, we got all different types. You feel me? Like, that's a black ass city. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, but I mean, also in St. Louis, like, the most used word is probably motherfucker. So we just different, dog. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, so, no, but I, I don't know any... I can't, maybe my uncle, he's, he's the type that he's like, he was a, he's a, he's a, he's at, you know, like, you know, <laughs> a different type of dude, you know what I mean? Uh, but I, I, he, but he, he, he didn't get mad when I said it, he just didn't say it, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know, man.
I, I feel like there's, you know, the older generation is especially, you know, don't say that. You know what I mean? Older, but, like older. You know what I'm saying? Like, like parent parental age. You yeah. know, not, you know, we don't, like, we don't know. I don't know 30 year olds personally that'll be like, don't, don't, don't say that around me. That word has such a, you know, like, you see, <laughs> you see the tweet? You know yeah. what I mean? No yeah. matter what we try to do, it's not a term of endearment. That's a yeah, damn lie. Yeah, bro. that's a goddamn lie. That's a damn. That's a lie from hell, my nigga. <laughs> okay. and, right, and you called him my nigga with love. There, you right. know, you are trying to correct him with love. <laughs> yeah, I don't it's, know, man. It's you know, it's 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 so shallow that some people just I don't know if 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 they just flat out. I feel like they just flat out refuse to accept the intricacies of in group black communication right because right. i feel like everyone understands that women can call each other you know bitches all the time and that's a yeah, term yeah, of endearment yeah. to them yeah, right yeah, yeah. and i never i never yeah. you know what I mean? yeah, right yeah. And, and 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 you don't see people you know telling women oh stop calling your friends bitches then or or, yeah. or you definitely don't see dudes hopping there oh if you call her a bitch why can't i call no nah, we don't okay. do that but with but with nigga we see that all the time we see that people seem to fucking lose their mind and 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 forget, you know, like I said, the intricacies of in-group communication was coming when it comes to nigga. And they most of, most, say most of that's bad faith. Most of that's bad. Faith. Oh yeah, I mean, it you know what I mean. You, you know, I, I don't feel like you really see people who really don't understand. I feel like you see people who see it as a as who just a, don't want black people to have something for themselves. That's exactly yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, but at the same time, hearing it from a Kyrie, you know, twenties guy in his twenties, that's a that's a big blow. <laughs> you you were shocked that that Kyrie is a don't call me a nigga. I mean, I mean, dog, I, I'm shocked by any 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 dude his age, like you know what I'm saying. With them saying that that is that is very shocking to me. Like you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Unless you're on like the you know like like black Israelite type stuff, you know what I mean. Like that would kind of make sense. Those dudes, like my uncle, is on that stuff, so that makes kind of sense. But I guess he he yeah. He, like, <laughs> Mike is See? really trying not to speak. Mike, you can talk. <laughs> you can say yes. He is. <laughs> say whatever you want to say. Just don't say the in bomb, okay? What were you saying, Mike? I just, to- I just completely agree with what Tyler's saying. There's a certain step in the progression that Kyrie has been going he's through. That route? He's, he's, mm-hmm. he's going to he's going to Kendrick there's Lamar. There's a certain route. there's a certain progression that he's going through in terms of the third eye opening, where I do feel like that's absolutely a super super common thing to hear people. Uh, start to say and then sometimes just as quickly have that disappear <laughs> okay so he's on he's on uh typical butterfly right now and he'll be back on damn yeah. <laughs> hey whatever he wants to say i hear you on that right. okay okay we, we good next segment <laughs> okay stick around uh coming up we've got our interview with john mosley uh the east la community college men's basketball coach who came to prominence on last chance you stick around You know those hot takes you post on social media? Well, now you can win up to $5,000 when you put those takes to the test on FanDuel. It's a new game called Over Under, and it's absolutely free to play on FanDuel. Here's how it works. FanDuel will set lines on things like total points or three-pointers made during every NBA on TNT broadcast. All you have to do is pick over or under for every prop. Your picks could win you a share of $5,000 during every contest. FanDuel is the exclusive home for Over Under, and it's available in all 50 states so you can play from anywhere. All you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash Over Under and sign up now if you haven't done so already. Just create a new FanDuel account. If you don't already have one, it takes less than two minutes to sign up. 
Then put your takes to the test during every NBA on TNT broadcast at fanduel.com slash over under. They could be worth up to $5,000. Age and local restrictions apply. See fanduel.com for terms and conditions. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. All right. We're joined by our special guest, uh, uh, the the man of the hour, John Mosley, ELAC, 
men's basketball head coach uh, of Last Chance U fame. Uh, coach, welcome to the show. Mike, thanks for having me, man. It's been been busy. It's dying down a little bit, but it's, it's still been busy, man, trying to reach out and connect with everybody. Uh, it's been a lot of uh, great response in regards to people being inspired and uh, and they are encouraging us to keep moving forward and support. What can we do to help? So it's been good. Um, yeah, I was going to say my, my first question is uh, I'm, a, I'm a sports writer. I cover a lot of Juco sports. I cover uh, Long Beach City College and, and Long Beach, obviously, Cerritos and some other uh, of the local uh, JCs that you play. And what I love about Last Chance U is JC is the most overlooked level of sports in America. And it is as last chance you was highlighted, you have some of the most incredible stories and kids and coaches at that level. But as you know, it's a media, you know, it's a desert. You guys don't yeah. usually have reporters and cameras at your guys game. So what has it been like for you personally and for your program, having this huge spotlight national spotlight on you guys uh, since last chance you came out? Well, fortunately, you know what? I think it was, they got us at a good spot. You know, th there's good players here. There's stories, and a lot of people don't understand. They they kind of write off the community college student or young men and think that they don't have any value. And so we see they have value. They have a hiccup. Deshaun's mother passed away. So you look at Deshaun on the outside, and you say, well, yeah, these kids are screwed up. Look at his attitude. But you don't know there's a story behind it. He's actually a good kid. He went to a, a division one program. He came back because his mom passed the cancer. Right. And so everybody at the four-year level, uh, they're supported. They use it for marketing. They're scholarships. They're on television. At the high school level, you got the kids, parents that support them. They get a lot of media of attention. But then at the community college, there's no, uh, we'd have no voice right. uh, because there's really no uh, support other than the student athlete. Uh, because a lot of people have abandoned the community college athletes. So I'm glad that last chance you was able to kind of put a spotlight on it. And we were able to tell a, a decent story. Uh, and they, they got us at the right time. So we got great stories. Uh, we got great stories of success. We got good, good level of play. I, I heard at the beginning, some were saying, oh, it's going to be some horrible basketball. It's in California, Juco. You know, we have one of our best teams. So they can see the best. They don't know, coach. These they people don't know, don't know bro. Yeah, they don't know. So it was great. Like I was telling you earlier, I don't think I've ever seen a coach more invested in his players than you. What's your philosophy when it comes to coaching and what gives you the patience? You know what I mean? Yeah, well, there's a, there's a lot of coaches that are out. So number one, I tell people I'm not perfect, number one. Number two, there's a lot of coaches doing what I'm doing. But I think it comes, it starts, as I share, because uh, I'm like, man, for me, sometimes I'm like, man, I want to kick dudes out or like this or that, or I don't want to tolerate it. Or coaches are like, how do you tolerate it? I think it comes from it starts with where my faith is in regards to uh, having just having compassion, because if it was up to me, if it was my heart and how I think if John Mosley thinks, man, I'm like, man, screw him. But then ultimately it comes to the conviction that's in my heart that I have to help others. And I think that's where, where it comes from to help others. And fortunately I have this platform of basketball where uh, I can help others through basketball and, and kind of, uh, have this relationship with guys. And if you don't have the relationship with them and know what's really going on, then you won't have that compassion for them. So I think it's important that you have that, that, that relationship and you know exactly what's going on in Deshaun life. I know exactly mm -hmm. what's going on in Joe's life. So Joe's not responding poorly because he's mad at me or he's mad at the officiating. 
he can't respond to adversity properly because there's other things that are going on. And I think that's what, that's what uh, really I've, I've come to realize it. And people were saying, how can he tolerate that crap? Well, I really know what's going on in Joe's. I know what he went through that night. And so it's not about because coach Mosley is making them touch and run lines. It's something else that's going on. So I may make them respond a certain way. Now, what I do do is say, look, I know what's going on. I know you love basketball. I know you want good things to happen for you, but here's the thing. You cannot respond that way because the next the division one or the next program or that CEO is not going to tolerate it, regardless of what's going on in your life, they could care less. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where it comes from. It, it starts with my faith and my compassion because, you know, Christ had the love for me to save me. And, and, and now I'm using that as direction in my life, you know, uh, to help others. Sure. Sure. So coach, you know, like you mentioned, you've got a very animated coaching style, you know, um, and, and, and you can tell, you know, it's not an antic or anything. It's genuine. It comes from a good place. That's really you. Like, are there ever moments where you look back on some footage of you, you know, <laughs> hopping off the deep end and you're like, wow, I was really wilding on that one. Do you ever have those moments? <laughs> you know what? I'm really, I really am in the moment and they missed a lot. So I'm glad they did. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, cause they may miss a day. They didn't come film and I'll be super, but I am super turned, turned up. Uh, and I just think it's, it's a level of like trying to get them to see the urgent level that it's it. You got one chance. Like, you know, it's a scout there one time. You don't get many times in social media and all this gets us to gives us this false sense of what's really going on. Like, bro, it's, it's really a sense of urgency. Everybody's got their life looking like it's pretty. And look, I got these offers and look at how good I am. And they got these moments where they show five minutes of footage of about a year worth of footage. And it looks like they're this great ball player. No, you're right. not. You just don't. <laughs> and so everybody's trying to live up to that. And it's like, dude, that's not reality. The reality is, is you got one opportunity and, and you got to go 100% of the time to capitalize on that one, one opportunity and you got a small window. So, so yeah, I, I, there's this urgent level of saying, dude, your window is super small. Don't think you got this broad opportunity, you know, because everybody's shooting for the same thing you shooting for and, and it's competitive in life. I, I, you just mentioned the cameras and that's, that's what I wanted to ask you about. I, I actually know Greg and his crew. Um, we, we were on last chance use season three, one of our other sports writers and I, and so I know it's a big crew, right? And I mean, it's a lot of cameras and it's very different from, like we said, JC basketball, where you might play a whole week without having a photographer at a game. Yeah. So how much did that change things? For the kids, how long did it take them to where they weren't kind of looking over their shoulder or, okay, am I getting mic'd up today or whatever? You know, how long did it take to kind of settle in and, and how much did those cameras actually impact the way that things played out? You know, I thought it was good. It wasn't, it, it, you know, the first day or two, it was tough, but they kind of got out of the way. So it was good. And you know what? All these guys, basketball is, is open anyway. Our, our faces are out there. We're kind of out there a little bit more than most sports. So I, I thought they were used to it and everybody's on social media. The world can see everybody anyway. So everybody kind of acts out anyway. Um, and I thought I, leading the charge, you know, I never was on social media up until a month ago. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, man, social media is fake to me. I just think everybody is fake on, you know, trying to be something that they're not. So and I, you weren't wrong to a degree. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I couldn't stand it because every, it's like, dude, that dude's life is not like that. 
that chick's life is not like that, dude. That's so fake, you know? So I just couldn't stand it. So everybody is kind of on social media. Their life is out on the camera anyway. And I just thought, fellas, we just going to be authentic and I'm going to just be me and you just be you. And I kind of led the charge and they saw once I wasn't fake and I was going to be the same, then, then they weren't either. They were like, you know, so it wasn't a big deal. And they, they stayed out of the way. It was great. It, it was no big deal after a while. I saw you demonstrating like, like in practices. And uh, I was like, this dude still got some going him. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, do you still play? And I'm younger than you and I have half a knee. You know, <laughs> like, what is the key to having knees that still work? You know what I mean? You know what And it, basketball it, knees, you know yeah. what I mean? That's a different type of knee, you feel what yeah. I'm saying? Well, I still teach the, some fitness classes, as you saw, I taught the spin class, weight mm -hmm. training class. And then I get out there and trying to show them the level of energy. I don't know if 10 or 20 years from now, I'll be, still be able to do it, but I don't know, just something inside of me. I feel like I'm out of shape, but then when something gets me going and I it, it just something just snaps in me and then I just go off. And then afterwards, I'm thinking like, man, I'm at that age where guys pop their Achilles. I get a little worried, but there's something I just can't help it. I just got to show them or move or just go like, bro, let's go. Let's let's move, cut, break, you know, something like I, that. I was, more I was more impressed by the spin classes than by the basketball, to be completely honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> I just was like. Yeah. <laughs> And that lateral movement, the lateral <laughs> movement in the defensive drills had me like, what? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I haven't done that in five years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know what? And I'm the same way, actually, in the classes, too, like with people, with teaching and all that. So it, it, it's, it doesn't change. It's just like wanting to see people successful and having the urgency for them to get it, like mm -hmm. just our urgency to get it. You know, I love people seeing people have success and having great stories. So. I don't know. It's not just even basketball. It's even in my classes. Yeah. Um, you, you know, going back to what John said, like you're a, a coach who gets out there, who gets in the middle of it, you know, who, who, who even, you know, runs sprints and stuff with his team, definitely a hands-on coach. So, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just really curious about, you know, how you develop like your coaching philosophy, because, you know, like going back to what we said about how you're a very animated coach, you know, and, and there's kind of always been this argument that, you know, players have to like accept abuse from their coaches. Like you have to tear a player down and build them up. And that's not your thing at all. Like, you know, mm -hmm. all of the, you, you know, you, you do yell a lot, you're animated, but you don't even curse, bro. Like, you you know what I mean? Like, you don't put your kids yeah. down, you know, you, you, yeah. you don't assault them. You're not mentally abusive to them. You're not physically abusive to them. And a lot of people think that that's the type of coaching that kids need. And it seems like, you know, you're very animated, but you are not on the side of like, you know, putting your kids down. So I'm, I'm just curious as to, you know, how you like develop that coaching philosophy. Yeah, well, part, I, you know what? I think I don't want to waste time. So th there are moments, I, you know, I think there's something to, hey, tear them down, build them up and all. But I, I, we just don't have time to waste. So I got to kind of get on them at the same time, build them up and like, dude, let's go. We don't have time to waste. Your life is, uh, but I think, you know, I had a coach, you know, and his, you know, mentor was John Wooden. So I got a chance to spend time with, with uh, John Wooden like once or twice, uh, you know, a year, I would get a chance to spend time with him. He was a color commentator. John Wooden was a color commentator for Bill Oates uh, when he was with uh, Athletes in Action. Mm -hmm. He was my college coach, Bill Oates. And so he would go to breakfast with Wooden like every, uh, like every week. And I was like, please take me. But so all of the little habits and different things I learned, how to be efficient in practice, not how to waste time, I mean, I think I picked up a lot of those habits uh, from my mentor. I was very fortunate to get that. Um, and then we, we, we talk about toughness. Toughness is important. 
And I'm talking about toughness in life. So if I see a poor response, bro, you got to develop toughness and you got to quit being soft. You got to approach the game. When you walk in our gym, it's like, dude, you're, you're going to not, not literally, but you're going to uh, figuratively get popped in the mouth. So when you walk in mm -hmm. the gym, you're going to feel a presence of toughness mm -hmm. that you have to either, you're going to get, uh, uh, you, you're going to either want it or you're not. And you're going to either walk out the gym because you don't want no part of it because you want to maybe do the pretty ball that you see on YouTube, you know, but when you walk in the gym, if you are attracted to what you feel, then that's the type of person that's usually going to cling and do what we ask them to do and grind it out and go through it. And usually if you grow through it, we've gained enough credibility where if you go through it and you get through it, you're going to get a scholarship. You're going to move on. You're going to be better in life. And we're trying to prepare them for life. Like mm -hmm. I'm trying to prepare them like so that you tough for that next coach. Cause that next coach is going to grind you hard. He may demean you. You got to be prepared for that. Uh, you're going to have better competition. You're going to be at a bigger level and it's a business. Like right now I can do that and we can maybe lose a game or two, but at the next level, they can't lose games or they get fired. So mm -hmm. that's what's at stake. And so I'm preparing them for that. And then not only that, you're not cute in five years. Like your grandmother, you're cute to grandma right now, right? And your mama, yeah, my boy is cute. Look at my boy. He's so cute. Man, when you sit across from that CEO and you're trying to get that job in corporate America, man, they don't care about you. You're not cute no more. I don't care how your muscles look. You can wear the, you know, you could be 6'9 and wear the medium shirt. You know how they do now? Man, I was wearing two X's back in the day. So I'm five eleven. Right. But now the these dudes all buff. They're trying to look cute. Man, they don't care about how cute and buff you look. So you got to be prepared to 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 have some some thick skin and be tough and be ready to accept criticism, to be ready to accept failures and then pick yourself back up. So that's the mindset, getting that toughness uh, and that toughness eventually help you to win, not just games. It's about winning in life. Coach, I, I want to ask you about Joe Hampton. You know, I, I think in the five years that they've been doing Last Chance U, I think one of the most you know, inspirational stories that really sums up what that show is about. Right. And I've got a chance to know him this last year. He's been at Long Beach state, uh, you know, which is the school I cover big emotional moment for that team when he got put on full scholarship. Um, what was it about him that he had that in him to overcome what he's been able to overcome? What was the, what's the connection like between the two of you? And, and I guess how happy are you for him that he gets to kind of show that to everyone not just on the court, you know what I mean? But in terms of who he is as a person off of it. Well, that, that's my mission is to, to build the hope in these guys. And then when, to be able to see it, to me, I know they built up the story in the show. Mosley needs to win a state championship. And I, you know what, man, I'm going to be a coach for 15, 20 more years and I'm going to have a chance to win it. But for me, the joy is when I see those guys, man, the tears come to my eyes when I can watch them on TV. And I, you know what, the pandemic, I wasn't in coaching, but you know what? I'm, I was able to watch all my guys play, even from years past. If they were mm. two years removed, I'm watching all of it. Normally, I don't get the chance to watch, and it brought tears to my eye and joy. To me, that's most satisfied. I'm, I'm, I'm most satisfied by that. If I'm selfish in any way about this whole thing, I want to be able to say, "Hey, look at the guys that I helped get to the next level." Mm -hmm. And then, to me, that brings the most joy to me. So I get most satisfied. And then, what we had to go through to start out and the hopelessness that he had from legal issues to everything. And I said, look, if we can get through this and if you could graduate, these things will be removed. If you can get to the, he didn't have no hope. They said, 
he wouldn't be able to go division one because of the years and the clock issues. I said, there's a way we can do it. So all this impossible hope that we thought was going to happen, it ends up happening. And so now he can take that in life and he know he can beat anything because what he had to go through with this, the abandonment of friends and family because he tore his knee. He was no longer on this platform as a high major player, man. Now he can, you know, he can be in a position where he can accomplish most anything in life. And to me, that's what I'm trying to build in place and the seeds I'm trying to plant in these young men that they can do anything uh, and, and come out of the gutter and get back to where they were. This is the best season of last chance year, in my opinion, like easily. Um, Basketball is better than football. There you go. My personal interest did, didn't you know, help with that, obviously. But are there talks about another season? You know what? They haven't. You know what? They 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 kind of leave it out in the open, man. Like, they didn't even tell me a trailer is coming out until two days before. Mosley, here's the trailer. I'm like, okay, is when is this starting? Oh, March 10th. What? You know, I don't even have social media. What, yeah, what am I supposed to do with this? Right. Try to start a social media. My kids are like, yeah, you got to do it. So I don't know anything. Um, you know, they, they say they do two seasons. They didn't do football the last one twice. So I don't know, man. I mean. Well, I'm just trying to it wasn't good. This was good though. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, I don't know how <laughs> now I'm thinking, I don't know how we'll follow up on it. I didn't think I was going to be entertaining because I said, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be over the top with swearing and I don't know, but it, it worked out. I was laughing in the middle of it. I was like, man, these dudes don't have enough content, man. This show is going to be awful. And uh, you know, cause they came a little bit in December. I was like, they missed a lot of the crazy stuff. Cause you know, September, October is when I'm kicking dudes out of the gym. I'm trying to build the team and like, come on, you know, and guys, you know, I have to cut players. So it ended up well, who knows? Um, I don't know, man. I don't know if they come back. We'll see. I mean, I don't know. Cause I'm like, man, I don't want to be a dead next time. I think they took all my, everybody's got all my one liners. I'm thinking like, man, I say that stuff every year and I don't have any more one liners, you know? <laughs> My stuff is gone. My material is gone. So, and I'm gonna look at the camera. I'm, I'm gonna say, oh man, I remember. I need to act a certain way because I saw how I looked. I was like, I don't know if I want to do it, man. I might not be able to be authentic. Anymore. Oh, you can still reuse your your one liners, man, because you didn't tweet them. Yeah. That's kind of how it works now, since yeah. it's, right. you're, you're not on social media. Once they're tweeted, yeah, it's once over. they tweet them, you know, that's when you give it to the universe. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, coach. Well, thank you. Yeah. All right, coach. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I, know, I know you got to get out of here. We really appreciate you making the time and best of luck, man. Hopefully things get going in California and you get to be back out there with your guys soon. Absolutely, man. Thank you all for having me. It was fun. Thank you. Yep. We need another season too. Oh we yeah. Need another season. We, we need em. another season. Tell I'm hitting, I'm hitting Greg up right now. I say, you hey, better right, right, right. Yep. <laughs> Tell Netflix. Yep. All right. I'll see you guys. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, 
features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. All right. Our thanks to coach uh, for joining us for the interview. Uh, like I said, I, I, you know, we're done recording. I mean, I'm just ready to run through a brick wall, basically. Like you just, oh, we, we so just need bad. another couple million dudes like that. And, uh, and we'll be in good shape, man. The man's yeah. doing exactly what he's supposed to do on this planet. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That. Like that's what he said on, on last chance. He said, you know, I, I get calls from D1 to interview all the time, but he said, I don't feel that, you know, God wants me to move from here yet. He said, he, you know, he said himself, I feel like I'm still fulfilling my purpose here. When I don't feel like that, that's when I'll make a move. So, yeah. Um, that's the first person I feel like we've ever had on the podcast who doesn't cuss. And I just think like it went, it went well. Like yeah. it was good. We did good. <laughs> it's good. We did good. on the yeah. back. You know what I mean? For, yeah. He's... <laughs> his wishes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from what I've seen on Last Chance U, he's not a dude who gets on you for cussing. Like, he's got on his players for cussing about certain shit. 
but he's never gotten on the percussion like like they were saying you know h's and b's in regards to women he's like yo cut that out you know what i mean right, he didn't right, give a damn right. if you if you said fuck this during a drill or whatever yeah. right 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 um all right well uh we're gonna end on a sad note um in between recording our last show and recording this show obviously um really uh difficult news for for everybody that uh, the dmx had uh passed on um i think we talked about why that was sort of personally you know something that was gonna weigh on all three of us but uh but you know what did you guys what do you have to say about it and you know what did you think of the the conversation online uh, over the last couple of days we, we lost a giant, man, a giant, you know, DMX was, he, he was, he was a singular person and a singular artist, right? Like there was no one like DMX, the person, there was no one like DMX, the rapper. Um, but, but I, I will say that, you know, due to all the, the footage and the, and the, and the, the videos and the, and the pictures and the stories that's been shared on Twitter, like, I'm coping pretty well with this because it's like with every new story that gets shared or every new picture we see of, of DMX, you know, doing an, an, an Albanian dance at an Albanian wedding or, or outside of Goodwill in the middle of fucking Tennessee taking pictures with, with a 50-year-old white grandma or whatever. It's like it, it, every story, everything I've seen shared about DMX moves me more from gone too soon to, man, what a life he lived, right? Because mm-hmm. he, he just... He was someone who, who wanted to spread love. He was someone who also knew he was love. He, embra- he in, in, embraced the love. But the sad thing about X was he always wondered, even out loud, if he was worth all the love that he got. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and that was kind of you know, the struggle that DMX had that, that he shared with us from the very first moment that we met him. But um, you know, like I, you know, I, I had this conversation on Twitter and, and someone you know, said something to me about how how it's 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 so moving that even in his passing you know through all the stories that are shared through everything that's shared dmx turned pain into light which is what he did like his whole life his whole career and i just think that was very very fitting right there it felt like we're celebrating more the life that we lived at the time that dmx gave us more than we're mourning you know the loss of him and i feel like that's it's like you know, like I said, I'm I'm not in a bad place about it. I'm 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 grateful for him. I'm appreciative of him. I actually um I I, I was surprised that when that when it happened and like how I felt. I'm I, I be crying. Y'all know I be crying. I'm a crying ass dude. But uh, you know, for a second, I mean, I was just kind of thinking it was I was listening to the, his prayers, mm-hmm. and that those really moved me. You know what I mean? And there were some, some particular things he was saying on it that really just really touched me. You know what I mean? But like Tyler was saying, like seeing all like the people that were touched by him in his life is like, wow, like he, every minute he had on here, he, I mean, he lived it, you know, to the fullest, you know, what a life did he, he, he led, but it's, 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 it is, it is as, as much as he bared his soul in his music, there was a sense that he seemed kind of invincible to me. Right. Like, I don't know. I mean, maybe because when I, I mean, he was, when I was in high school looking at him and you know what I'm saying? And you know, it's like, wow, this dude just, you know, almost- he, he, he was simultaneously incredibly vulnerable, vulnerable and incredibly invincible, invincible. Like, right. right? So, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I felt that exact way. So um, it's it's really difficult when you see something, when you learn that, like, your superheroes were always just human. Yeah. You know, what I mean, um, when like those who seem immortal prove to be mortal. Um, 
but I mean that 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 that's that 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 was like damn like I just I I mean regardless of how ridiculous or how grim the circumstances were I just I figured there would be and I and I I, was, I had looked up some things with facts on like you know what are the chances and all that and I was you, you think it could pull through so it was some sadness there but like yeah those yeah. everything that was shared I mean it's like beautiful. it was I mean you you like he was in his death he was still like you said he brought made darkness to light like I'm laughing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm laughing. I'm smiling due to DMX after passing. You know what I mean? There's yeah. some. There's. It's 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 the the dude was special. The special life, and I mean, I'm, and it brought light to a lot of the things, um, and the gems he left us with, and I'm just like I'm I, I the way I feel is I'm appreciative to have, you know, like, seen him at his height and experienced yeah. him, and you know, understood how special he was. You know what I mean? Even back then, like like those, I mean, as a kid, I would play the prayers over and over on some like, like you know, just completely like moved to tears. Even as a kid, you know, um, but um, he asked for forgiveness a lot in those prayers. Yeah, and uh, I don't see how um, whoever you know, um, whatever is on the other side. Would wouldn't grant him that, especially when you're seeing all these special, yeah, all, all this, all, this, all how he touched so many people. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, DMX said himself, you know, there's a difference between doing wrong and being wrong. Like X wasn't out here robbing people because he was some some bad dude who wanted to like inflict pain and hurt on people. He was doing that to fucking have something to eat that night. Right. You know right, what I mean? Right. 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 Like like that's that's the type of dude X was and. Um, you, you, you know, it's, it, it was, it was a tragic end, of course, but it was a tragic end to an incredibly lived life, you know, from what we've seen and from, from the stories that have been shared and the, and the pictures and the, and the videos and all that. But, but, you know, you know, like I said, he was, he was a singular personality. We got to talk about how singular of a rapper he was too, bro. man. We, we got to talk about He was that. a storyteller, like, bro. Like he pulled like, you into his, like, it, it, you felt like you were. It, you know how you feel when you're yeah. reading a book or watching mm-hmm. a movie? That's what listening to DMX felt like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he sucked yeah. you into his world. You right. know what I'm saying? Absolutely. He was great at that shit. And, and you know, he, and you know, like I said, he was singular. Like, there was no one before DMX that was a DMX, right? Like, like you see, you know, rappers like like Nas, who who has said himself, yo, I wanted to be Rakim. You see Jay-Z who said, like, I wanted to be Big Daddy Kane. You know, 3000 said, I wanted to be, you know, Q-Tip. Like, I'm sure DMX looked up to certain rappers, but there's no DMX before DMX, bro. And there's no DMX after DMX. He's a singular talent. And I'm not at all shitting on Nas and, and, and Jay and, and, no, and, and, and 3000 or whoever, because that's the beauty of rap. It's, it's an art form where the younger generation, you know, grabs the baton that's handed off and they run with it and they run with the inspiration and the guidance of the, of the generation before them and they make something completely their own but dmx bro i think all the people you just named are part of a rap lineage that he just feels like he's so big he's almost he's almost like separate from it like the the musicians he talked about looking up to were soul singers yeah (laughs) you know what i mean and it just (laughs) yeah and just rap happened to be the right energy to capture the energy that came off of him but it didn't feel like he grew up like this is the this is the kind of rapper that I want to be. It's just here's who I am as an artist, and this is the place that this fits. Exactly, exactly. DMX like people close to DMX said that he loved R and B and disco, right? Like they said he didn't even listen to much rap, 
And and you know, any anytime you read like a DMX interview with, with someone riding with him or, or getting in his car, they'll say the disc changer was full of nothing but DMX albums, right? Like DMX was not really into that rap shit, man. But um, he, he he came to uh he did um he did his first album in its entirety at summertime in the LBC. And Snoop Dogg joked on stage that the reason DMX came is that he heard that they were going to have some of the old soul singers. <laughs> <laughs> and he just wanted to come hang out at the beach with them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just think he, he's, he also is responsible. I mean, I honestly would give him as much credit as any of the people that you've named or anyone you could name for mainstreaming rap music. Like, it, I mean, it does not matter where in America you were, like every high school basketball team was warming. You know what I mean? Mm. Every high school basketball team <laughs> was Suburban parties, the they, was playing, right. they was playing DMX, they was playing Nelly and DMX. You know what I mean? Like that was breaking the barriers. You but know it what I'm saying? But it was the energy, he, he, I mean, because rap music is such a, a, a important and huge thing on its own, I mean, he was also just the personified. He was the best teenage energy angst. musician. So much uh, angst right, and right. anger. Angst right. and yes. energy and anger and fire. And, you know, I mean, it's just you listen to DMX in any time and you're 17 years old, right? Like old enough to really do something stupid and young enough to <laughs> not stop yourself from doing it. <laughs> like, <laughs> listen, listen, DMX bursting on the scene is like... DMX's 98 is an all-time Mount Rushmore rap year, bro. Right? Like, it's, it's, it's like 98 DMX, 03, 50, um, you know, fucking 93 Snoop, you know, and you can probably throw it like 05 Jeezy, 08 Wheezy, 09 Drake, or whatever the fuck. But 98 DMX is immovable. 98 DMX is on that motherfucking, you know, bronze, silver, gold podium for, for like best rap years ever. The way that he just came on the scene, like right in the middle of the whole, you know, we were, rap was at a crossroads. We lost big, we lost pop, right? And rap had kind of shifted to, you know, we were trying to like party away the pain it felt like, you know what I mean? Like, like rap was was glitzy, it was it was glossy, it was the shiny suit era, it was- Had Pun was, died at that point too? I think Pun had just- Nah, Pun, Pun passed in 2000. Okay, okay. But yeah, but, but, but you know, you, you know, 98, you know, that was the, the, the year, like I said, you know, big and, and, and pocket passed and, and, and rap was kind of at a, at a crossroads where it was glitzy as hell. Like I said, we were trying to party the pain. It was 80 samples galore. It was fucking, you know, Mace hopping on fucking the bad, 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 bad. <laughs> right? Right? In a fucking casino with fucking oh, lights right, behind right. it. It was Jay-Z fucking, you know, hopping on the, a fucking Eagle song from 80s Miami Vice, the, the City Is Mine, and that colorful ass you know, fucking um, um, sunshine video and shit. It was that shit was hard though. Yeah, it was hard. I fucked with it, but but yeah. here comes this dude right in the middle of that you know, black and white video with a bald ass head that he said he shaved off because he never had haircut money. Right, <laughs> shirt off in the fucking tunnel. And and if people who don't know what the tunnel is, the tunnel is a nightclub in in New York City in the nineties, and that shit was a gladiator school. That was the there nightclub. was nothing you know glitzy about yeah it was there was nothing glitzy about the tunnel like the tunnel was where was where motherfuckers went to fight and get <laughs> right motherfuckers would get shot stabbed whatever the fuck and dmx hops out in the middle of this glitzy ass glossy ass colorful ass you know era in in rap and he's just in a black and white video at the tunnel 
rapping about how he wants to rob people, right? And then he became the biggest fucking thing in rap that year. And 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 it's it's like, you know, DMX, he he shifted the game. Like, you know, Bad Boy didn't eat much longer after 98, you know, with the formula they were running with. You know what I mean? Of course, Jay-Z, he's a fucking all-time talent. He switched his shit up. You know, he he kept it moving, but but DMX came through and showed that there was still a market for that gritty shit. And it was a huge fucking market. Two number one albums like five months apart. DMX's 98 is a ridiculous all-time rap year. There's this thing that I, I was listening to one of the prayers. I just want to read this real quick. Um, and I fear that what I'm saying won't be heard until I'm gone, but it's all good because I really don't expect to live long. So it takes to, uh, for, so if it takes for me to suffer for my brother to see the light, give me pain till I die, but please, Lord, treat him right. And when he said this live, he broke down in tears at the end. And, like, that, that to me, bro, like, that shows how special, you know, he was where, like, he's like, yo, I'll take on this pain for my brothers to, you know, to, to, to live a better life, you know, and, and to be, you yeah. know, safe or whatever is after this. But I don't know, man. It's somebody that, like, I remember, like, as a, as a, like, in high school, like, praying to God, like, for my sister, like, if something, you know, something she can't handle, put it on me. You feel me? And for him to just think like that, even just in friendship, I mean, that's just extremely moving. But um, beautiful person, man. You know what I mean? Struggled a lot. Um, and for him to make it to 50, you know what I mean? To me, you know, he lived a hell of a life. So. Um, in the vein of the prayer that John just read, I want to share uh, the hotline for the Substance Abuse uh, Mental Health Services uh, Administration uh, for anyone who's struggling with uh, addiction or, or mental health issues, 1-800-662-4357. Um, I think we talked about it on the last show, but one of the great tragedies is that cycle of him getting sober mm -hmm. and crashing. Um, and I think whether that's, you know, whether that's anyone in the world or whether it's an artist you care about, it's a hard thing to watch someone go through. Um, I think part of the reason Tyler talked about feeling at peace with his passing is number one, Twitter is at its best when people can come together and share all those stories. Um, and there's no one that have more stories like that than DMX. But, but I think also, um, for those of us who've seen people go through those cycles, um, you know that, you know, I mean, that's, it's, it's not easy. You know, it's not easy for him. It's not easy for, for anybody. So I'll share that again. Um, the hotline for anyone struggling with substance abuse or mental health issues, 1-800-662-4357. Uh, Jenkins and Jones is on your side. Thanks to John Mosley. Thanks to you guys. Thanks to our producers. Thanks to everyone who helps put the show on. And uh, we'll see you guys on Thursday. I love y'all, man. Y'all, love y'all guys. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's Wee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. 
So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.